Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Roach. Today's date, June 23rd. We're about a month or so away from the trade deadline, so uh, be sure to watch those moves, as always. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of injured stars returning. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton returned this week. Aaron Judge. Uh, Jose Altuve returned this week. It's been a nice, nice week for uh, star players to return. Uh, from the injured list, um, so hopefully you stash them. And uh, our uh, uh, Giancarlo had a nice day yesterday. He drove in four runs, got a couple of hits, um, very hard hit balls uh, to lead the Yankees to their eight-game winning streak that ended today. Um, uh, the Astros finally decided that they wanted to end their seven-game losing streak as well. Uh, Cole Friel is currently not um, has not called in yet. Uh, but he is our co-host. But our guest this week is Kevin Bizdeck. Kevin is a writer, editor, and league owner with MajorLeagueFantasySports.com. Kevin, how are you today? Uh, anything you want to open up with, and what are you currently working on? Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me back. Um, I thought no I'd open up with uh, some something I'm a little bit excited about in one of my leagues I was I was tied in steals, and it's a, a ten-teamer, so pretty shallow. And I picked up Billy uh-huh. Hamilton to as a hail mary to nice. try and win me steals, and he won. Did it for me, stole two bags, so give myself a little pat on the back. Usually those moves don't work out, but worked out today. So, but uh, other than nice. that, you know, just uh-huh. uh, doing some radio shows for for the season. Not doing too much writing, but going pretty good enjoying watching the baseball so far nice yeah um when when cole joins us um i'll have him talk about whatever he's working on he works on the uh, basically the bullpen article uh basically like players to watch that again saves that are uh, closers and waiting uh along those lines but while we're waiting for him on it to inform our audience of our partner, Thrive Fantasy Sports. Are you tired of the same old salary-based daily fantasy apps and websites? You can sign up for Thrive Fantasy Sports, which is a prop bet-based site that uses over and unders for players in MLB, NBA, and NFL to make a lineup. More sports are on the way. And you can go to thrivefantasy.com or on phones and tablets in the Apple and Google Play stores. Look for the Thrive Fantasy app. After you download, you can use the code MLFS to get your first $10 matched in real time. That's right. If you put in 10 bucks, then you'll get another 10 bucks in real time. Just use the promo code MLFS. That's Major League Fantasy Sports initials. So, if you put MLFS in the Thrive Fantasy app or on thrivefantasy.com, you'll get your first $10 matched in real time. 
And also remember to donate to our Patreon account. You go to MajorLeagueFantasySports.com, and along the right side of the page, just under the headlights section, you'll find the Patreon donation button. You can set up a monthly donation for as little as $1 or make a one-time donation. Thank you to our current supporters. We also have many openings in our football leagues for the 2019 season. You can email Corey D. Roberts, or yeah, you can email Corey D. Roberts at MajorLeagueFantasySports at gmail.com, and he will give you more details about what leagues are open um, and if there are uh, fees and such for those leagues. So since Cole is not with us um, on the show yet, Kevin, I'll have you start out with our streamers this week. You can start with Monday. We'll start, we'll start with Monday. All right. Well, um, we were talking before the show. I think probably we both have this this guy pegged as a streamer. Yeah. And uh, that's Plepko. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget his first name at the moment, but he's a pitcher Adam, for Cleveland. Adam Plepko. Yep. Adam Plepko. Yeah, pitcher for Cleveland, right-handed pitcher, and he gets Kansas City tomorrow. Um, he's 38% yep. owned in fan tracks, 7% Yahoo. Um, he's had two quality starts in his last three outings. Uh, the Royals have a 286 Woba, which is 29th in the league, and that's against right-handed pitchers at home. Um, and that's I, I took my Woba stats from May 5th for, for all my, my stats here just so. Everybody knows, kind of filter yeah. out some of the, the early season, get a little more recent sample. Uh, so they've, they've been struggling at home, especially against righties. And uh, Cleveland's been playing some pretty good baseball, too, so I think he's got a good shot at, at getting a win and a quality start. Nice. Yeah, uh, nice little option uh, there. Uh, the guy I was looking at for Monday, obviously it's a, um, there are less teams playing on this day. But Monday, um, we have a good list of um, pitchers. Obviously, Plotko. I also think his uh, counterpart, part, um, Brad Keller, is a nice option. Uh, he got roughed up his last start, I believe. Gave up seven earned runs uh, against Seattle. But he had a nice string of quality starts in a row um, before that. And uh, he doesn't strike out that many, which is uh, concerning. 68 strikeouts, and 97 in the third, and the 46 walks is alarming as well. He also plays for the Kansas City Royals, so he he probably won't get the win, uh, especially the way the Kansas, uh, the Cleveland offense has been playing lately. So it might be not that great of an option, but Cleveland's offense like is hit or miss, um, especially. Uh, at home against righties, I feel like they've had some issues uh, as well. Um, I guess we'll move on to Tuesday. Um, we'll ha- uh, if, if Cole does call in, we'll have him go through each day uh, whenever he decides to join us. All right. Yeah, I had Brad Keller as well um, as my, my second option okay. there. Um Nice. I think one thing to talk about Kansas City. I think they've been pretty bad uh, recently, but they've they've got uh, mm-hmm. Hunter Dozier just came back and he's like a big middle of the order bat for them. So I don't think that'll make yeah. them into a juggernaut of any sort, but that right. should help them at least from 
getting a little bit more run support when you're streaming a guy like Brad Keller. So, um, yeah. Uh, but moving on, he hit a home run today yeah. on their dozer. So, yeah, yeah, he did. Um, so yeah, moving on to Tuesday. Uh, first guy I've got here is Jesse Chavez, and he's a right-handed pitcher for Texas. He gets a matchup at Detroit. Um, so he's pitched mostly out of the bullpen this year, but uh, his last outing, he went five innings, and the outing before that, he went three innings, and he's had several, you know, two-inning relief appearances. So I think he's stretched out, and he's been stretched out the last couple of outings as well, uh, which is a good sign when you have a, a relief pitcher making a spot start. And Detroit at home against right-handed pitchers, they have a league-worst 253 Bobic, I mean, uh, Woba over the last six weeks or so. Um, and for some perspective, the Giants are second worst, and their Woba is 277, so that's, you know, 24 points higher. Uh, so Detroit's just been atrocious at home against righties, and I think Chavez, he's only 14% owned in Fantrax, 4% in Yahoo. Uh, I think he's a pretty good streaming option for Tuesday. Nice. Yeah. Um, Chavez is a little interesting especially since he's well under owned. Um, uh, the guy I was looking at, uh, Trevor Richards, uh, I know he doesn't have the win totals. He's only three and seven, and but he's facing Washington, whose offense is, uh, it's like middle of the pack right now. And, uh, but they've been struggling of late. Uh, sure, Max Scherzer is on the side, but uh, Miami has been playing pretty good baseball recently, and Trevor Richards uh, might be a beneficiary, beneficiary of that. So uh, he's he's an option, as well as um, Trevor Williams of the Pirates. He's at Houston going against Garrett Cole, but he's been he's been pr- p- pitching pretty well. He's two and one with a uh, 4.12 ERA. He only, he's only walked 10 in my in about 60 innings. So that's that's the second guy I have for Tuesday. Do you have anyone else for Tuesday, Kevin? Yeah, I was looking at a couple other guys. One is Glenn Sparkman, who's the probable mm-hmm. for Kansas City. So he's getting a Cleveland matchup, which we touched on a little bit earlier there. Their offense has been better, but still not a not a, a difficult matchup. And he's had two of his last three outings yeah. for quality starts, and he went seven and 7.2 innings in those. So you like to see guys that give you some length and uh, that give you a little better shot at a win and a quality start. He's not a big K guy, but a decent fallback. And then there's a rookie pitcher, mm-hmm. Logan Allen, for San Diego who's uh, at Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. His first outing was, uh, you know, earlier this week, seven innings, um, no earned, five Ks, two walks. So had a good first outing. He's a, I think he's a pretty highly touted prospect from what I was reading, though he hasn't been too great in AAA and Baltimore, you know, their, their Woba the last few, uh, few weeks has been pretty bad. I mean, their, their offense is not the best. So, just a good matchup there. Nice, yeah, that's a it's a decent 
matchup as well. Um, I'll go into Wednesday. Um, Wednesday, another day of like full slate of games. So, um, Framber Valdez is probably the guy I'm looking at. He's three and three with a three point six one. He just got roughed up um, by the Yankees, but most lefties would. Um, Valdez pitched well before that, though, and still has a 3.61 ERA on the season. He's pitching against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh offense just lost uh, Gregory Blanco for some time. So he's he's one that uh, is who I'm starting on Wednesday. Who are you starting on Wednesday, Kevin? Uh, on Wednesday, I'm going with Eric Fetty for uh, Washington. He's pitching at Miami, mm-hmm. uh, 18% owned in fan track, 3% Yahoo. So he's probably the the most available guy of the ones that I was had on my my short list for Wednesday. And the main reason is Miami at home has a 280 WOBA, so um, just a solid matchup for for Fetty. Um, another guy that I, I I don't know if I would be streaming him, but I own him in a couple of leagues, so I'm starting him. And that's uh-huh. Matt Strom at Baltimore. Um, he's had a tough month. So he, he had seven earned run against Miami, then 10-day DL stint, then six earned runs at Colorado, tough matchup, uh-huh. and then four earned runs against Milwaukee, another you know, not-so-easy matchup. So now he's getting a good matchup. He's had a couple games under his belt. Um, I'm hoping there's a chance for him to get back on track, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think it's a, a good matchup maybe for shallow leagues where he's probably been dropped after his rough June. Um, but if he doesn't pitch well at Baltimore, then I think his ownership is going to plummet. Uh, so definitely just keeping an eye on him. Nice. Yeah, uh, he, sh- he should be uh, watched, especially with um... – uh, the way that Washington um, has been going through pitchers uh, this year. Anyone else you have for Wednesday? And I'll throw out a couple names for Wednesday as well. Uh, the other guy I've got is uh, Jacob Junis. And really just any righty against Cleveland came up on my list because of Cleveland's uh, yeah. 230 batting, you know, 230 batting average, 312 Woba against righties. So, uh, again, like not a, not my first choice, but kind of an okay, okay matchup here. Yeah, another guy I was looking at was um, Matt Strom, uh, only because it's against Baltimore. You talked about Baltimore's Woba, and um, they've been really on a skid um, of late, and. Uh, I I think it, it's mainly due to their offense. Their pitching isn't has been giving up home runs left and right, but their offense hasn't really been putting up stellar numbers either. And Matt Strom, uh, the lefty for San Diego, should be able to also uh, pitch pretty well in this matchup. Uh, who you got for Thursday? Thursday, I've got uh, Arizona TBD. At San Francisco, basically uh, whoever they mm-hmm. throw out there is going to be worth a worth a stream. Um, and then the other side of that matchup, Tyler Bede, um, 
you know, Arizona's middle of the pack, 315 Woba against righties on the road. San Francisco is just a, a large park, so very pitcher-friendly. Bede saw the D-backs yesterday in Arizona, and it didn't go so well. Four innings, four earned, three Ks. Um, but hopefully you can make some adjustments the second time around. I think pitchers tend to have a, a slight advantage the second time when they see a, a batter or a, a team um, in a quick turnaround like that. And then I think being at home at home and in that home ballpark will both help. So Nice. Yeah. That's, uh, who was that again? Tyler Bede. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, he 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 was roughed up early, but yeah, uh, pitching against Arizona in San Fran should uh, help him, as you as you mentioned. I'm looking at uh, Ariel Girado of the Texas Rangers. He's facing Detroit in Detroit, another big ballpark. Um, he's 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 been pitching okay this season, 4.44 ERA uh, and 51 and a, a third innings um, and thir- 37 strikeouts won't jump out at you but he ha- he's only walked 13 which is pretty impressive for a pitcher of his stature um, and his counterpart I think Spencer Turn- Turnbull uh, is also a good pitcher to have uh he might maybe in three and seven, but a three point two nine ERA and eighty one strikeouts in in eighty eight and a third, and he's facing a Texas team in Detroit that um, is prone to uh, strike out a lot. Uh, anyone um, else you have for Thursday? Uh, well, first just to touch on. Uh, Gerardo, I think that's a, a really good matchup. I, I think really any matchup yeah. at Detroit or at San Fran, I think those are probably like the two best best places to stream for any pitcher at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're, I would I would throw like my grandma into my streaming lineup if she was pitching in one of those ballparks. Uh, that's how how I feel about it. Um, and then uh, I guess the other guy I had here for Thursday was Chase Anderson. He's a, a little higher owned than Tyler Bede, but he gets the Mariners um, at home. And Seattle offense against righties, right-handed pitchers hasn't been that bad, 325 Woba. But, you know, they recently yeah. traded Encarnacion. Bruce was traded a couple weeks ago. Hanniger is on the DL. So their lineup's been depleted, um, and I think – this is probably going to be a team going forward that'll be a, a better streaming option. Uh, maybe I don't know if it will get a, as good as Detroit or San Fran, but that's another big ballpark, and the lineups just they're going to keep trading players, I think, and and just get worse and worse. So definitely keep an eye on the Mariners going forward as a team to take advantage of. Yes. Yeah, especially uh, when. Um, they start trading off pieces. <laughs> um, I'll go into Friday. Um, Friday, uh, there's a good list of players. Um, number one on my list is Merrill Kelly uh, playing the San Francisco 
Giants for the second straight game. He just pitched today. He got no decision, went six, allowed two runs. Um, was actually pulled after allowing the tying home run in the seventh uh, to Kevin Pillar, um, and that was at Arizona. And he's, he'll be pitching at San Francisco this time. Uh, but 68 strikeouts in eight, eight and a third. Uh, but he's been piling up the strikeouts uh, his last few outings. I don't think he struck out that many today, but uh, he should have been in line for the win, but the Arizona offense wasn't able to do much for him. It was it was tied 2-2 when he, when he, after he gave up the home run. So Merrill Kelly is uh, on the list of streaming options uh, for me for Friday. Who you got, Kevin? Uh, I've got Anibal Sanchez here as my first choice. He's uh, 63% owned in Fantrax, only 32% in Yahoo. And I have him here as at Detroit. Um, so, I know, as we are saying, Detroit's just bad at home and bad against mm-hmm. right-handed pitchers. Um, mm-hmm. And then my my next option here, a little lesser-owned guy, and that's Aaron Sival, or Savali. He's a right-handed pitcher for Cleveland, and he's at Baltimore. Um, and I think when I checked earlier, this was a TBD, and then when I was going over my notes, it looks like Saval was named as a starter. So, you know, if you're listening, maybe you can go out and grab him before anyone else grabs him. He pitched today, actually, and it was his first major league start of the season, and that was against the Tigers, and he pitched well. Uh, going six innings with six strikeouts. Uh, so he gets another good matchup Friday. Um, and, you know, I think he's had pretty good minor league numbers. Um, he's not a highly touted prospect from what I, from what I understand, but two, two good matchups today and, and then coming up Friday. So worth a shot, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the only thing that worries me about that is how small Baltimore's ballpark is. Like Detroit's ballpark is big. San Francisco is big as well. But Baltimore's uh, hitter's ballpark. Um, so we'll see how uh, Savale, or however you pronounce his name, uh, does. Uh, I wish I was listening to the Cleveland broadcast today so I could have uh, seen uh how uh, how to or heard how to pronounce his name, but another guy that I'm looking at is uh, Alistair Hernandez uh, of Miami. I don't know where Miami's getting all these guys. Uh, they, they have that guy who pitched twice. Uh, Yama, Yamamoto, I believe his name is. Uh, he pitched well today. Got got a win. Uh, Hernandez has been pitching well. He has 19 strikeouts and 19 and a third. Uh, 0-2 with a with a 4.34 ERA going against Philadelphia. And Philadelphia's lineup, I mean, really besides Reese Hoskins, um, and now obviously Jay Bruce in the lineup, but uh, I, uh, I feel like uh, he's been pitched. Uh, uh, their offense has basically gone to sleep uh, the last few, uh, at least the last like month and a half. So uh, Hernandez is a option, four uh, percent owned. So if you're really digging deep for streamers, uh, Ellister Hernandez is a guy I'm looking at 
for Friday as well. Um, anyone else you're looking at for Friday? That's all I've got for Friday. Um, That's all you got? I guess I'll uh, move um, on. All right. Yeah. Uh, you got anyone uh, else? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the pitch, uh, the uh, two pitchers in the Felix Pena, Mike Fires um, matchup. Uh, Fires has been pitching well, and Felix Pena has been hitting a rough patch. Uh, I feel like those guys are options if you uh, don't like the other options we have. They're more owned. Uh, well, Felix Pena is only 6% owned, according to what I have, but uh, Fires is 38% owned, so... If you're looking for another couple options, those are two guys as well. But we'll move on to Saturday. All right. So next Saturday, my first choice, I've got two guys that I'm looking at. First one is Homer Bailey, um, and he's at Toronto. Um, he's 23% owned in Fantrax and 8% in Yahoo. Uh, Toronto have a 279 Woba at home against righties. Um, which is below average, and they also have a 25% strikeout rate at home against righties. So hopefully Bailey can get some strikeouts. Um, He pitched today against Minnesota, pitched pretty well, uh, 5.1 innings, one earned, five Ks with one walk. And then his three outings before that have been also very good. Uh, At Seattle, 7.2 innings, no earned runs, six Ks versus Detroit, six innings, six strikeouts, no earned runs, and versus the White Sox, six innings, three earned, one, earned runs, three strikeouts. So uh, no quality start today, but the three before that were quality starts, and including today, he's got three wins in his last four outings. So he's on a nice little streak here, and I expect another quality outing uh, on Saturday against Toronto. Um, second nice. guy yeah. I've got. Yeah, yeah. You you uh you want to go next, or you want me to hit hit my next one? No, you can you can finish your Saturday, and then I'll move. I'll go to my All right. Saturday. <laughs> All right, next guy I've got. Uh, he actually got knocked around a little bit today, uh, and that's Michael Pineda. So he's uh fifty seven percent owned in Fantrax, thirty one percent Yahoo. Hopefully that percentage goes down, and um, you know people can take advantage of of some owners throwing him back in after giving up five runs today. Um, But he gets Chicago White Sox on the road. Uh, They've got a 289 Woba against righties at home. So that's good for Pineda. Um, He's he's got a good win opportunity since Minnesota is pretty good. So, and actually I, I have a sentence here. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in an outing since April, but today he ruined that with five earned runs. So hopefully he bounces back on Saturday. Nice. Yeah, he was on guy I was looking at. Um as well. Um the guy one of the guys I, I was looking at is the guy I was talking about earlier, Jordan Yamamoto, who's facing Philadelphia, uh, I believe he has yet to allow an earned run in any of his starts um, so far this season. Actually, no, he is uh, – oh, actually, yeah, uh, only two earned runs uh, so far. 
in two game starts, 2-0. Uh, struck out uh, 12, or he struck out 16 in 17 innings pitched with a 1.06 ERA. So he's been pitching really well uh, this year, and he's facing Philly as as the other uh, as uh, Elazer Hernandez is also doing, and he's he's only okay, he's only 38% owned, which is not too bad if you're looking for a streamer, but you better pick him up quick before he goes um, anymore, and. Uh, Maybe uh, Andrew Kashner, uh, he's he's a righty going against Cleveland. Um, and he's he's been all right this season, but he's 7-3, and three, so he's like the one of uh, one of the uh, uh, the few pitchers that get run support for um, the Orioles. Uh, Johnny Means went on the IL uh, this week, so so they need to give the run support and wins to someone. So Andrew Kastner is uh, my bet. Uh, who you got for Sunday? Sunday, I've got a couple of familiar names we talked about earlier. Adam Plutko at Baltimore. Um you know, getting a, a weak Baltimore offense. Um, so I think if he pitches well Monday, tomorrow against Kansas City, then, you know, that'll be just building some momentum for him heading into Baltimore's outing. Um, and then the second guy I've got is Brad Keller at Toronto. Um, 279 Woba, 25% strikeout rate against right-handed pitchers at home for Toronto. So, uh, those are those are my two Sunday matchups. How about you? Yeah, uh, that's one of the guys who I have as well. Um, another guy I was thinking about is Trevor Richards of Miami going to go up against Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia at Miami is going to be tough because Miami is uh, – now more of a pitcher's ballpark. Well, it's always been, but uh, it's a very big ballpark, and Trevor Richards uh, should be able to limit the Philadelphia Phillies in that matchup. Um, anyone else you have for Sunday before we move on to the next part of the show? That's all I've got. That's all you got? All right. Um Maybe another guy, uh, Brad Keller, uh, at Toronto, a righty at 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 home against the or on the road against the Blue Jays. Uh, so he has two decent matchups as well. And if you have a spark position, uh, a starting pitcher uh, as a relief pitcher, uh, Brad Keller's a nice goal option. Um, so I'll move on to the next part of the show. Uh, basically, we've come up with a few guys who people should either trade for or trade away before uh, everything uh, gets moving here with the trade deadline coming up. Uh, Kevin, you, you could throw out one name, and then I'll throw out a name, and we'll we'll do it that way. 
Sure. So the first guy I've got here as kind of a buy low is Jose Ramirez. Uh, he's just having an okay. awful season. His trip, his triple slash is 207, 297, 318. And uh, I had to double check that he's actually slugging 318 because that's just absurdly low for a guy like Jose. But um, he's picked it up a little bit over the last week or so. Yeah. Um, he has. He had a, had a multi-hit game today, and then he had another one on Friday. He also has a couple steals his last four games and a couple of homers. Um, so I think just – I don't know why he's struggling. Um, I think his uh, his Bobbitt is 226, which is a career low, and his hard hit percentage is still good at 37% and consistent with the previous year. Um his fly ball rate is up, so maybe he's he's trying to lift the ball too much and it's throwing him off. Um, and he's also unable to hit right-handed bat, uh, pitchers. He's hitting only 176 against righties. So, you know, I think this is basically just a guy who I think is, is way better than this triple slash, and he can give you power and speed and, I think, batting average uh, when he finally comes around. I know he had a bad second half last year, but, the talent's there, and I think this is a guy where you can get – if you're trying to win in the second half, you know, this is a guy with tremendous mm-hmm. upside that you can definitely obtain for a discount. Um, he was a top three player on a lot of draft boards this year, including my own. And um, so I think you can definitely get him from a discount that you could, you know, just three months ago. Yeah. Uh, what do you think's a fair value for Jose Ramirez? You know, I I think obviously it depends on uh, on your league, but maybe give a. I think you still have to give like a top fifty guy, but if you give someone on that kind of like in the fifty range, and you're just kind of buying low, and hopefully Ramirez can produce, you know, you give someone who's a little more consistent and you get someone back who has the upside, I think that's that's kind of a move to make. Mm-hmm. Um, one Philo pitcher I have, Blake Snell, um, he's been uh, – his ERA is now up to 4.40 after his terrible outing against the Yankees, and uh, really he's – He's not been the same since winning, winning the Cy Young uh, last year. Um, I feel like he's a guy you definitely need to buy low on if you get a chance, uh, if uh, someone's willing to sell him. I feel like you could buy him for maybe like a decent power bat. Um, I don't know if you think that's fair value. Like uh, maybe – maybe a Jose Ramirez for Blake Snell trade. I don't know if anyone would do that, but uh, what do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I think I like Blake Snell. I think he's uh, – I know he had that one really bad outing against the Yankees where he only got one out and gave up six earned, so that's that'll kill your ERA. Um, but he's still – I think he's still a, a tremendous pitcher, and he's got that – upside with, with the, the strikeout ability. So, you know, I think a, a Ramirez yeah. for Snell trade is something that that could be, you know, two two struggling guys that are both have high upside. So I, I think that that could work. Yeah. Do you think there's any 
other players. You say you had Blake Snell, what would you accept in a deal? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like a guy like Juan Soto has <laughs> been has been hitting pretty well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like too yeah. much uh, too much to ask for, right. but. I mean, Snell won the Cy Young, and he—he, he, I mean, he's still striking right. guys out, so it's not like he's not contributing. Yeah, I think he just had a few bad outings, and I think once he he gets settled down into a groove, he's gonna peel off a few a few gems in a row that'll mm-hmm. you know make him a an ace starter again. Yeah, I could see that definitely. Um. Uh, uh, who you, who else do you got for uh, the buy low sell high? So my next bunch of guys are more more waiver wire pickups that are are doing well. Okay, um, that's fine. So first I've got Jose Peraza. He's another guy that just got off to a, a putrid start, but he's picked it up lately. Uh-huh. Uh In June, in June he's batting two seventy nine, and. Um, what I like most about what he's been doing in June is that his line drive rate has increased up to 30%, um, which is more in line with what he's done historically. Um, I think early in the season, his fly ball rate was up, and uh, he wasn't hitting as many line drives. Um, and for a, a guy like Peraza, he's not a big power bat, so he needs to, to hit more balls on line drives and, and not rely on a fly ball a fly ball rate to generate his value. Um, so I like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, his fly ball rate, 37% uh, over the last month. So uh, I think he, he can be a cheap source of steals with a handful of, of mm-hmm. home runs um, and, like, pretty good batting average for the second half. And I think he's been forgotten about in most leagues, like, for good reason. Um I think I think he's a guy I would buy in if I needed some middle infield help. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Peraza did struggle a lot um, early on, uh, and now he's starting to uh, get back into it. Uh, guy I'm looking at uh, a guy who's who's, pre- who's uh, perennially uh, each and every year been a second half player, Matt Carpenter. Uh, not only can he play a lot of positions for you, but uh last few years he's really uh been raking in the second half and he's he's starting to tear it up again. Uh this past Monday he went three for four with a home run. Uh the day after he uh bunted for a uh double uh down the line. Um as they overshifted him, and I think even though he's hitting about 220 uh, this season, Matt Carpenter is a guy that uh, people should grab. Uh, I don't know what you think. Uh, what do you think is fair value for a guy like Matt Carpenter, even his teammate Marcelo Zuna, who also um, should be able to pick it up in the second half? Yeah, I think Carpenter, He's, I know he was red hot last year, the second half. Um, mm-hmm. He was also, like, pretty cold the first half. So 
kind of getting a, a reputation, I guess, for being a bit streaky lately. But um, yeah, you know, I would ex- I would I wouldn't expect that he's going to have the same scorching hot second half. But I think he'll be a solid yeah. second half player. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess for someone I would trade for him, let me just pull up a player list here. <laughs> Well, I think Hunter Dozier is pretty close, but I think I'd rather have Hunter Dozier. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Maybe a guy like Michael Conforto. Uh, I think I might lean okay. Conforto, but I think they might have similar second half. So if you can maybe work a trade right. where you're giving up a guy like Conforto and getting Carpenter and a little something back, that might be something I would go for. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think that's fair uh, compensation. Maybe like a mid-tier starter, um, someone like um, names are uh, like someone like, um, let's see, I'm trying to go through all the teams in my head and see what starter um, I'd be willing to part with to get Matt Carpenter. Uh, maybe like uh, Fulton Nevich um, of Atlanta might be a little overpayment, but he's struggled all year, and uh, it's uh, uh, I feel like I would try to get Matt Carpenter for him because Matt Carpenter, I mean, he, he might not have the same second half he did last year, but he's starting to show signs of breaking out of what happened earlier in the year. Um, who else you got on your list? Yeah, I think Fulton Avis actually just got option to AAA, so maybe when he comes back he'll, uh, oh, he'll find himself a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a couple, another guy I'm looking at is uh, Eric Sogard. Um, he had a real nice March and April, and then he slumped in May, batted just 189. Mm-hmm. Now he's heated up again in June. So, um, veteran guy, bats lead off a lot for Toronto. Um, he's got a 90% contact rate, which is, you know, in the elite level. Um, but what's different this year is that his hard hit rate is 37%, which is a career high, and that's, you know, pretty solid hard hit rate. So, he's hitting the ball well. Um, he also walks at a 10% clip. Um, he bats lead off a lot, so that's a good sign and good for his value. And with his high contact rate, he only strikes out 13%. So um, I was in on him in April, and I wasn't really – like I, I picked him up, but I wasn't totally bought in. And then when he slumped in May, I was just kind of figuring, oh, I, it was just what I figured, like he's Eric Stogard. But now that he's heating up again yeah. and he seems like he's – you know, even in his struggles, he's hitting the ball hard. So I think, I think he's someone I'm looking to add and uh, get some value out of for the the rest of the season. Nice, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, uh, good. Uh, you're, you're, that was uh, Sogard, right? So, yeah. Yep. Eric Sogard. Yeah. Yeah. I I still can't believe he hit his. Eighth home run today, and uh, or yeah, today 
And uh, I, I just can't believe that he had only like four going into the season, or uh, like career home runs going into the season. It's mind-boggling uh, how well he's doing this season. Uh, another by low guy um, I have, Francisco Lindor. Um, I know he's had a couple of good games this past week, but he started slow uh, first couple of weeks. But since May 7th, He's four. He's a top four fantasy asset with a pace of 32 home runs, 32 steals, and 111 runs per 162 games. Um, I don't know uh, what you would trade for him, um, but uh, he's been really keen up for uh, St. Louis, or not St. Louis, for uh, Cleveland. Uh, Lately, uh, what would you trade to get uh, Francisco Lindor? Uh, I don't think I uh, I saw like people were being like, "Oh, straight up Charlie Blackman." I don't think I'd go that far, but yeah, uh, I don't think Blackman like right now. Blackman is just on a tear, so it would be it would be tough to uh, pry right. Blackman from any owner. Um, but Lindor, right. I still think is like. <laughs> top 15 player. You know, he did start slow, yeah. but he's picked it up. He's been good, so. Um, right, that was practically yeah, his say, spring training, so. Right, exactly, so. Um, yeah, I would want, I would want some, someone of equal value. Um, yeah, tough to say, like Trevor Story, maybe. If I was, yeah. if I was, Trading Lindor, I would want somebody of that caliber back. Um, so. Yeah. Now, would you do um, Hyunjun Ryu and um, Jorge Polanco for uh, Francisco Lindor, or do you think that's too much to give up? If I was giving up Ryu and Polanco? Yeah. I think it's close. It's close. I think I would do it because Ryu has had some injury history and you're basically cashing yeah. in on what's been like a Cy Young three month season, you know, three months of the season. And then Polanco, mm-hmm. he's also having a career year. Um, I like Polanco a lot, right. but I think when you're talking about getting Lindor yeah. back, that's a move I would, I would be, I think I would do that. Yeah. Uh, do you have uh, anyone else uh, on your list? Uh, I've got a, a couple other waiver wire ads here. Sure. Um, we'll one is uh, Lordy's Guriel Jr. And uh, okay. just quickly, he struggled struggled early, got sent down, and then was called up at the end of May. And since getting called up, he's batting yep. 314 with nine, nine home runs. Um, so good for a 657 slugging, which is, you know, pretty absurd. Um, he's hitting the ball hard, 44%. He's batting third. Um, I think this is a – I don't think he walks a lot, but so I think when he's hot, you're going to get a lot of value out of him. Um, right now he's hot, mm-hmm. and he's also a young player that I think is pretty talented. So, you know, he's been on, on the radar for the last couple of years. Um, I'm waiting for him to put it together. Maybe this is it. Maybe he'll he'll have some struggles 
you know, moving forward. But I think he's worth an add just with his, his talent. And uh, I think he's second base, third base, maybe shortstop eligible too. So I mean, he's definitely got a couple positions. Um, yeah, and in the league I'm in, uh, I picked him up. And he's been very helpful at times. Uh, but he has first base, second base, shortstop, and outfield um, because he's – he he actually uh, made a great throw today in left field to throw out uh, Brock Holt at the plate against the Red Sox. Um, so that that's that's a guy definitely that everyone should uh, pick up if he isn't already picked up in your league. Uh, I'm gonna go to a couple buy sells now uh, or uh, sell highs. Uh, one of them being. Hunter Renfro, the outfielder, uh, and in the last five games uh, that he played at Coors Field, um, he, he had so many home runs, uh, and he's he's been on a ridiculous tear with uh, how many home runs he has on the season. I believe he has uh, the mid-20s uh, so far. And yeah, he he's he has 23 home runs, 44 RBI, and only a 2.49 average, and four stolen bases. So that's someone I would trade uh, before he starts uh, going the other way, um, <laughs> and uh, starts because uh, he, he strikes out at a decent clip, 68 strikeouts in 70 games. So basically a strikeout per game, uh, which is not it's not like very bad, but it's not that good either. Um, what what would you uh, what would you expect in a trade if you were trying to sell high on a Renfro? What would you, what what kind of return would you expect? Yeah, Renfro is a little bit tough. He's uh, he's the power is definitely there. Um, like you said, the strikeout rate isn't great. He walks at about an average clip. Uh, actually, his Bobbitt this year is two two thirty nine. So you could even say he's a little bit unlucky. Yeah. Um, despite his his great first half, um, you know he's an extreme fly ball uh, hitter, forty seven percent fly ball rate. Um, let's see who would I who would I give up for him? Yeah. Or who, who who would you expect to get back for him if you were trying to sell sell him high? What what kind of return do you think you should expect? Like either pitcher wise or position player wise? Yeah, let's see. Just pulling up some some players now. See where he's around. You know, maybe maybe a a Max Muncy. You think that's okay. uh, reasonable, or is that a little? I guess who would you rather take, Muncy I mean, or Renfro, for the rest of the season? I mean, obviously I'd choose Muncy, but 
mainly because he's with um, the Dodgers, and the Dodgers lineup is ridiculous. They just uh, all these rookies come up and just hit home runs. Apparently, uh, they, they just had three different rookies hit walk off home runs against the uh, against the against the Rockies uh, to sweep the Rockies. And they've now won, I think, eleven straight games against the Rockies since uh, the game one sixty three last year. So. Um, yeah, the Dodgers are a whole different animal. Um, I, I think Muncy would be a good return. I feel like you could ask for that. Maybe maybe also like a Yasiel Puig or like a Bumgarner. Uh, I feel like could be a n- nice little option as well because Bumgarner is not having the greatest year. He has the name, but he doesn't have the stats to back it up really this year. Uh, maybe Mike Soroka as well could be a good little option. Uh He's been pitching really well for the Braves, but maybe you could be like, look, look how many home runs Renfro has, and see what you could uh, pull from people. Uh, who's your next guy? Well, let me throw one name at you. What about C.J. Crone? Yep. Would you? Uh, what do you think of him? And like, would would you, would you rather have? Um... Renfro or Crone? Crone's on a pretty good team in Minnesota. He's having a great season. Right. I think I'd rather have Crone uh, only because um, I know he's having a career year, but um, I feel like he has a much better lineup around him. Uh, Renfro has, like, Tatis, um, Hosmer, and Machado. But, yeah, it's definitely – uh, it's definitely uh, a better lineup in Minnesota. What do you think? Yeah. I I think I'd I'd agree. It's it's pretty tight though. Um, because just as Renfro's got so much power, but I think yeah, I, I like the lineup better. And Crone has has like thirty. He hit thirty home runs last year. It's like he's gonna hit another thirty this year. So. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty close though, but I think I'd go I think I'd go Crone. Makes sense. Um, so who else do you got uh, for Philo so high or pick up from the waiver? Yeah, so um, I'll just hit two guys real quick. Uh, the first is my yeah. last buy buy low from the waiver wire, um, and it's Joey Wendell yep. of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, second base and third okay. base eligible. He was slated to start the year batting in the middle of the race order um, and then got injured early, missed three weeks in April, came back, got injured again, missed another six weeks. So basically hasn't played much this season um, and just came back, uh, I think, last week. So, so far off to a slow start. Uh, I think one for 24 um, to start, but then mm-hmm. he got – two hits yesterday and three more hits today, all singles. Um, So hopefully he's getting back into a rhythm. And why I'm keeping an eye on him is last year he posted a 37% hard hit rate, um, 7% walk rate. So I think he can be a valuable guy. And I think the fact that the Rays were batting him, you know, fourth or fifth in the the early part of the season kind of shows that they believe in him. Um, 
I do have a little concern about his power because I think his second injury was a broken wrist. Um, but I guess yeah. someone to keep an eye on and, you know, the Rays lineup's pretty solid. So if he's, yeah. he's slotting in the middle there, uh, could be, could be good value. I think he's been a little bit forgotten about, not that he was someone everyone was targeting early on, but now that he's missed most of the season, you know, he's, he's kind of, off a lot of people people's radar. Yeah. So, um, and then the next guy I've got is really more of a a drop than a, than a, a buy low or a yeah. sell high. It's like a sell low, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's Rugnit yeah. Odor. I yeah. don't know. I I thought he was gonna be better this year. He uh, I didn't like him in the past because his walk rate was was bad and he struck out a lot, but Last year, he improved his walk rate. He batted 250, you know, which is pretty good for Odor. Um, but this year, he's batting 174. His strikeout rate is up from 24% to 32%. Uh, it looks like, you know, he's not able to hit a fastball this year. So, you know, still struggling with sliders, as, as you know, he has in the past. But the fastball sparks a concern for me. Um so I don't know. Maybe you can convince me to hang on to him for the second half, but I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna cut him. What What do you think? I mean, it depends on if you need power. You know, um, how, how's your team looking for power? If it's if it's not that great, then um, <laughs> I would I would add him as a, a just in case he gets hot, or hold on to him just in case he gets hot. If that's what you're looking for, um, what what does your team need? Do you think? Well, I think I need a little bit more batting average than a buck seventy four. Um, yeah. I mean, pa- pa- power wise, he's got ten homers, which in in today's home run climate, that's not even that great. So, I don't know. Right. I'm thinking I might swap him out for Eric Sogar, who. Uh, we talked about earlier. I haven't made the move yet, but yeah, that might be a good idea, especially for average. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely think that's a, it's a great option to have um, uh, to add him before someone else scoops him. Um, but yeah, Odor, I picked him up probably like a month and a half uh, into the season was riding him a little bit, and then I picked up Michael Chavis and dropped Odor. And Chavis has been – he's struggled at times, but when he's hit, he's hit uh, – I believe he's uh, he was on a loving game hit streak uh, entering today. I don't know if he ended up getting a hit today. Uh, but uh, that, that's what I ended up doing with him. Um, I wouldn't just flat out drop him either. Um I would see if someone's willing to trade something for him. If not, yeah, I definitely would pick up um, Odor uh, or pick up uh, Sogard to replace him if that's what you're looking for uh, with some average. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll I'll uh, investigate the trade the trade scene. Yeah. See what we can do there. Yeah, that's a, that's 
a very good idea. All right, the last guy I have uh, before we move on to the series previews that we have. Um, last guy is Mr. Kettle Marte. Uh, huge surprise, um, but obviously I think uh, he'll have a second half regression. Um, hard hit rate of 44%. Um, his career rate is 31.1%. And the home run to fly ball rate of 20.6 is almost double, or more than double, his 9.9% career marks. I don't think Kettle Marte can uh, sustain. I think I'd have I'd like someone more reliable, you know, like Gleyber Torres, Xander Bogarts, uh, one of those short stops. So if you had Kettle Marte, would you trade either of those guys for him? Uh, if I had Kettle Marte, I would definitely take um, Torres, Gleyber Torres. Or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vander Bogarts. I think I would take both of them. Um, <laughs> but I do like what what Marte's doing. Uh, I think he's a yeah. I guess I believe in it a little more than you do. Um, and that's mainly because yeah. you know his hard hit rate. If you look at the last four years, twenty two percent, then twenty nine percent, then thirty six percent. So you know he's been trending in the right direction, and he's only twenty five. And then on the fly ball side, yeah, I guess that's fair. You know, he's going. He went from 29% last year to 37%. So I think he's he's buying into that uh, launch angle stuff, just hitting more fly balls, and with hitting the ball hard, you know, getting results. And I also like his contact mm-hmm. rate, um, mid 80%. You know, that's pretty solid. Uh, so yeah, so I like him. But okay. I think if you can get a guy like Glaber Torres, then I would definitely go for it. Got a little better lineup yeah. around him. Great part to hit in. So if you had Xander Bogarts or um, Glaber Torres, would you trade them for Kettle Marte yourself? If someone was shopping around Kettle Marte? Uh, I would maybe consider it if, you know, if it was just one mm-hmm. piece and I was maybe getting a little bit more back. I think, you know, Marte's a guy where maybe if the other manager's trying to sell high uh, and you can give up a good piece but also get back some value that's, like, maybe a little more because the other owner doesn't believe in Marte's yeah. future, then I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, something like that I would be I would be interested in. Nice. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, I I guess we'll move on to the final segment after I remind our audience of our partner, Thrive Fantasy Sports. Are you tired of the same old salary-based daily fantasy apps and websites? You can sign up for Thrive Fantasy Sports, which is a prop bet-based site that uses over and unders for players in MLB, NBA, and NFL to make a lineup. More sports are on the way. You can go to thrivefantasy.com on your phones and tablets in the or on your phones and tablets in the Apple and Google Play stores. You can look for the Thrive Fantasy app. After you download, use the promo code MLFS, which is Major League Fantasy Sports. Initials MLFS. 
you'll get your first $10 matched in real time. That's right, if you put in 10 bucks, then they'll add another 10 bucks on top of it. All you have to do is go to the f- Apple Store or the Apple and Google Play Stores and look for the Thrive Fantasy app or go to thrivefantasy.com and use the promo code MLFS. That's MLFS, and you'll get an extra $10 after putting in 10 bucks. And also remember to donate to our Patreon account. Go to MajorLeagueFantasySports.com, and along the right side of the page, just under the headline section, you'll find the Patreon donation button. You can set up a monthly donation for as little as $1, um, or make a one-time donation. Thank you to our current supporters. We also have many openings in our football leagues for the 2019 season. You can get a jump start on that by email emailing Corey D. Roberts at MajorLeagueFantasySports at gmail.com for more details. And he will answer any questions you have about how much it costs and anything else you need to know about the league um, or leagues you want to enter. So we'll move on to our final segment, which is series previews. Um, And we'll start off with you, Kevin. Uh, We'll start with your weekday preview. Sure. So my my weekday and weekend preview is actually just focused on the Cleveland Indians. Um, so Cleveland okay. gets Kansas City. Yeah, I'll just I'll just talk about both. They get uh, Kansas City during the week, and then Baltimore on the weekend, and then next week they get Kansas City again, and then pretty much head into the All Star break. So why I picked this series is that Cleveland's been they're holding down the second wild card spot. Um, despite a slow start yeah. to the season um, and a lot of injuries to their pitching. So they're holding it together right now. Um, I think Bauer has another level to find this year. Uh, he's had a few yep. gem outings lately, but still hasn't had that consistency that we saw last year. Um, but overall, the pitching has been solid. Even the other guys, uh, you know, Bieber and some of these other lesser-known p- pitchers have done well. Um, and then Brad Hand out of the bullpen is elite. Um, and then their lineup's been better, I think, as of late. Lindor is uh, obviously yeah. a key to the lineup, and if Ramirez wakes up, that would be huge. So, you know, I think just heading into the all-star break, these are three matchups, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Kansas City, that I think Cleveland should be able to take advantage of. And, you know, I'm interested to see – if they do take advantage of it and kind of build some momentum and, you know, keep that second wild card spot or if they falter and then Boston's heating up now too, they're right behind them. You know, if Cleveland kind of falls a couple games out of the wild card heading into the all-star break, maybe they become sellers mm-hmm. at the deadline and maybe a guy like Bauer is, becomes available, which uh, would be interesting for, for the teams out there looking for pitching um, I know the Yankees yeah. have been rumored to be to be linked to uh, Max Scherzer, who's got, you know, one more year on his contract after this year. And um, I'm curious if Bauer becomes available, maybe the Yankees will get in on Bauer, who's also got one more year um, on his contract after this year, I believe. So, um, and Cleveland's a team that they don't, they don't, they like to sell these guys when they have another year so that they can kind of, 
bank on some extra prospects. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Cleveland. And uh, I, I think they're going to probably take advantage of these matchups, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, that's definitely uh, interesting uh, matchups for Cleveland, especially uh, holding on to that wild card spot, that second wild card spot. Uh, they're up by half game over Texas and a full game up on Boston, two on Oakland, but they're only two and a half behind that uh, first wild card spot that Tampa Bay currently holds. Um, and Tampa Bay has been scuffling a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, how that pans out. Uh, Brad Hand is also an interesting uh, name for trade rumors as well um, as Trevor Bauer because Brad Hand, I think, has one more year left on his contract after this, and then he'll be a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do if they start to fall out of it because there's only one trade deadline this year on July 31st. So there's no, like, waiver deadline. Uh, so people can, can't can see, like, how they are July and be like, no, we're going to hold and then waive some guys and make some trades in August uh, as well. So it'll be different um, this year for sure to see, uh, especially uh, with Cleveland also probably going to get Corey Kluber back uh, at some point during this season, probably somewhere around August, uh, maybe even September. But it depends on how that uh, elbow heals uh, in the next in the next uh, few months. Um, We'll see how that goes. Um, we'll go into my series. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I'll start with my weekday series. Um, obviously a slow st- slow uh, slate on Monday. But um, on Tuesday, some interesting matchups pop up. Um, Nothing really pops out except uh, the Rays and Twins series. Uh, we talked about Blake Snell earlier. He's 4-6 and six on the season with that 4.40 ERA. Uh, and he goes up against uh, Kyle Gibson, who's 7-4 and has been pitching well uh, so far this year. Um, and on the on, on Wednesday, yeah, so that's um, – that was it. Uh, their first game was on Tuesday, so their Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series. Uh, on Wednesday, we got a to be determined, so it's probably going to be an opener versus Jake Odorizzi, and Odorizzi's been brilliant this year, ten and three. He had a rough start his last outing, uh, but uh, he's still uh, pretty good. And th- then you got um, you got. Uh, another to be determined for the Rays uh, versus Martin Perez, who's pitching pretty well this year. He's, he's seven and three with a 4.28 ERA, with 76 strikeouts and 82 innings. So uh, those are the three uh, matchups uh, that that we have. Um, but the offenses are what's going to be interesting about this series. 
uh, obviously C.J. Crone used to uh, play for Tampa, right? Is that right, Kevin? Did he he used to play for Tampa, correct? C.J. Crone. Yeah, I think I think he played for them last year. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, and he had a they had a pretty good year last year, so that'd be a nice revenge series for him. <laughs> Uh, if there is such a thing, you know, I feel like players do play harder when it's a former team. Um, so you got that. You got uh, Miguel Sano starting to heat up. Uh, you got Jorge Polanco. Uh, you got uh, Nelson Cruz. Uh, that that whole lineup's uh, pretty good, and it'd be interesting to see how they do against a. Uh, pretty good pitching staff in the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and then for uh, Tampa Bay, uh, their lineup's not, uh, there's no like studs, but you got a lot of good pieces. Uh, you got Kiermaier who had a home run today. You got um, Brandon Lau, who's who's been, uh, I think he's probably going to win rookie of the year the way he's been going, but I mean, they're still, half a season to go, so we'll see how that goes uh, with Brandon Lyle. Um, and then you got, like, E-Man Choi, who's been hitting well recently. Uh, and uh, basically the Tampa Bay lineup has put together some pretty good outings, even without um, really having a stud in their lineup. Uh, what do you think about that matchup, Kevin? Yeah, I think that's a good one. You know, you've got two teams from the AL that are, you know, likely playoff teams. Um, and yeah. you know, I think Yandy Diaz is set to come back on Thursday, so he'll bolster oh, nice. that Tampa that's Bay nice. lineup a little bit more. Um, yep. Yeah, it should be should be a, should be a good one. Yeah. Um, so for my weekend matchup, um, I went a little different route with this. Uh, I'm I'm going back. Uh, so we have the um, London series in uh, for Red Sox Yankees, which will be fun to watch. But I think Dodgers and Rockies will be a fun series in Coors Field. The ball flying all over the place. Um, the I, I don't have the pitching matchups in front of me, but uh, the Dodgers uh, have been uh, pitching uh, pretty well um, all season long. And as I mentioned earlier, they are um, and basically uh, tooling on uh, – <laughs> Uh, the Rockies this year. They've won every single game against the Rockies. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I have uh, So the first game is actually Kenta Maeda versus Antonio Sensatella. So that'll be interesting to watch because Sensatella, uh, 40 strikeouts in 71 and two-thirds with a 5.09 ERA. So, I mean, he's 6-5, and five, but uh, he hasn't really – pitch like a pitcher that should be above 500. Um, but at Coors Field, it's anyone's game because both pitchers are going to be suspect or uh, yeah, basically suspect to the long ball. 
uh, it'd be interesting to see. And Charlie Blackton, I think, is hitting 400, over 400 at Coors Field this year. So he's a player to definitely watch uh, in this series as well. Um, and I'll, I'll skip over that Sunday. It's Jeff Hoffman versus uh, To Be Determined. Jeff Hoffman has a 6.75 ERA on the season. He's been roughed up a bit. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers go about this series. Uh, uh, Coors Field is just a difficult place to pitch in. Uh, I expect a lot of runs being scored by both teams. Uh, the lineup for the Dodgers has been unreal. you got Max Muncy, uh, Corey Seager's currently on the IL, but um, you got Justin Turner, you got uh, and a, a bunch of uh, Cody Bellinger, um, and uh, a bunch of rookies. You got Beatty, you got uh, Will Smith, um, who also uh, he, he had a walk-off home run today. So that would, um, so uh, I mean, it depends on who's in there. You got uh, Enrique Hernandez as well, uh, who plays like every single position. He had a grand slam, I think, earlier in the week. So uh, that's the matchup I'm looking forward to watching this weekend. I know Yankees, Red Sox in London uh, is interesting, uh, but uh, I don't know how I feel about them playing. Uh, turf, uh, on a turf field, uh, all the way across the pond. Uh, what do you think about that matchup, Kevin? And anything you wanted to add about either of those matchups? Yeah, I think that's a good matchup. I was looking at that one too, uh, when I was preparing for the show. Uh, and one thing to add is Colorado is only a half game out of the wild card. So, they're 40 and 37. Right. They're kind of like mediocre, but um, I didn't realize they were they were so bad against the Dodgers. Um, yeah. So, you know, they'll definitely want to snap out of that uh, next weekend um, after losing three in yeah. a row. Um, so, I mean, the Dodgers could really kind of put Colorado in a, in a rough spot if they take another sweep off of them. Um, uh, as far as that game, the games in London – and being on turf, yeah. you know, I'm not a big fan of, of turf. I think the game should just be played on grass. Like these are professional, professional athletes. You know, they can maintain a grass field. There's plenty of grass fields in England. Right. I don't really, I don't really get it, but I guess <laughs> I, I don't really make those decisions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I mean, that series overall, uh, should be uh, decent. I believe uh, Chris Sale should be starting one of those games um, and maybe Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox. I think Tanaka might be pitching one of those games for the Yankees. Um, It's tough because they haven't announced officially and the website I use is only for streamers, so it's under 50% owned. Um, so I can't see the full uh, membership. Um, but I, actually, I can I can check right now uh, and see if it 
allows me to see 75% ownership, which it's, it's not it's not allowing me to. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I I can't check what the pitching matchups will be. It's interesting with that series. Um, they're allowing them to have a 26-man, uh, has to be a position player. Um, well, I guess that's for injury purposes. And they're, they're also allowed to bring two people from the minor leagues with them for moves in in between the two games. What do you think about that? Because uh, uh, I know the um, Cubs and Cardinals are doing it next year. Uh, do you think those are uh, nice rules to have for games that are uh, a long distance away from uh, home? Yeah, I think it makes sense, um, you know, it's not like you can just call a guy up from Scranton and he drives two hours and he's at the stadium. So, and I think these teams, when you play, you play these games like overseas, it's a disadvantage to uh, just break up your routine and get on a long flight like that. And it's only a two game series. So you fly out, you know, six hours, play two games, fly back six hours. So I think it's good to, you know, give them a little bit of uh, flexibility, kind of ease that, ease that burden. So, and I think Hap pitched today, so he might be getting a game, or CC Sabathia is pitching tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I'd probably think it's one of those two guys, uh, along with Tanaka, getting the starts for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, so I hope people tune in for that. It's early baseball, 1 o'clock on um, Saturday, which is too early, but 10 a.m. on uh, Sunday. So if you're looking up to wake up and watch some baseball, you got your opportunity uh, this weekend. Um, I guess we'll we'll end it there, Kevin. Uh, anything you wanted to end the show with, um, or any or any other series that you noticed for during the week before we end the end the show? Uh, well, I just thinking of like current events. There's one thing. Uh, I wanted to discuss with you. Um, I saw this, sure. this report that the the Rays are like exploring playing half, you know, at least some of their home games in Tampa and then some of their home games yeah. in Montreal. So I I just saw, you know, the Rays, they're always innovating, you know, with the openers. Now they're at the two home ballparks. Uh, but I mean, I think it, it's a pretty cool idea. You know, you've got Tampa Bay, which doesn't get, you know, great crowds. Um, and I'm sure they're just probably putting some pressure um, on the local, you know, St. Petersburg to try and get a new stadium approved. Um, but then you also kind yeah. of get the benefit of, like, I don't know, are they going to be the Tampa Bay Rays or are they going to be the Montreal Expos when they play in Montreal? And then you can sell double the merchandise and kind of increase your your turnout because you're only playing 40 games. So, it's you know, a little bit more of a, special thing when there's a home game versus having, you know, 82. Uh, so I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I think it could, it could probably work actually. Um, and if it works really well, then you can just have two teams, right. At some point in the future. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's mainly so that uh, Tampa gives them the money, uh, basically the funding for, a new ballpark because they put out those plans. I think last year about that all glass stadium that they move actually into Tampa instead of being in St. Pete. Um, 
because they're not really getting any fans, even though they're one of the best teams in the American League right now. Um, and I don't know. I think it's kind of foolish to split the team, split the games, because it's going to be forty-one forty, and who gets that extra game? And they're asking for two stadiums, and I don't think MLB would go for that. I don't, I don't know if you think they would go for that, but I definitely don't think they would go for that. Yeah, I mean, I think the securing two stadiums is going to be tough when they can't even secure one. But um, right, you know, I think if you've got if you've got two two locations where you don't get a lot of fans, and now you can kind of split it up and maybe increase some of the the interest there. Could work. I don't know. It would be interesting. And then, you know, now that this idea is out there, maybe you get, you know, a team that plays some games in Puerto Rico and some games in Mexico City. You know, you can kind of go. Mm-hmm. You can kind of expand and use that as a way to, to build the game and just try and tap new markets without committing to a new market. So could be interesting from that yeah, perspective uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, since it's a small market team, it's tough to judge um, just exactly, like, I haven't seen the TV rating numbers. Like, maybe they get a good draw on TV. But, um, I mean, I don't know how Montreal did either when they were a team. Um, I'm sure the uh, the can- Canadian population would be happy to have another team up there, especially after the Raptors won, looking to um, have another team in contention. Um, because this is Tampa, so in contention. I don't know what I'd call them. Would they be the Montreal Expos? Like, put the Ray (laughs) in Montreal and see if that works, or call them, like, the Montreal Bay uh, X-Rays or something like that. I don't don't know exactly. Uh, If we could think think of a good name, maybe maybe that would help as well. and I don't know what that would do, like, for fantasy purposes either, because, like, would you have a player for, separately for when they play in Montreal and one for Tampa, or would it just be one player? <laughs> yeah. And I guess the, the the new team would have to be in the same league. Like, that would be weird, too, to have for scheduling. Yeah. If you're in uh, – well, I guess it would be one team. So, but in terms of like AL and right, it, yeah, I guess it wouldn't matter. Yeah, right, because I think it still would just be Tampa Bay, and I think it would stay AL. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, it'd be definitely uh, interesting for that because I feel like it's kind of weird for like traveling purposes. Like, would you do the first half of the season in Tampa and then the second half in Montreal? Or would you do, like, avoid the, like, storm season in Tampa and play those games in Montreal as well? Yeah, I think it would it would be something like that, where you avoid Montreal when it's cold and then take advantage mm-hmm. of the summer up there. Yeah. Uh, was that your uh, closing thought, Kevin? Yeah, that was my closing thoughts, so... That's okay. it. Thanks for having yeah, me. Um, another good, another good time. Yeah, no so. problem. Yeah, uh, it, it was interesting, just the two of us. But um, 
uh, uh, when's the next time you come on? Uh, I think one more time. I think it's in August. So. Let's okay. See. Uh, well, hopefully yeah. I'm on then. Uh, I have some time. Okay. I, I think I should uh, be on that day as well. Uh, I haven't looked that far ahead in the schedule. Um, so I'm taking a few off, uh, few weeks off uh, over the course of the next two months. Uh, I have next week off and uh, the last radio show off. I can't remember what other shows off I have in between. But, um, yeah, uh, it, it was nice talking to you. Um, have a good night. All right, thanks. Have a good one. Yeah, no problem. You too. So that will do it uh, for the Major League Fantasy Baseball Radio Show. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Roach. Hopefully you enjoyed our insight, and have a good one. And uh, next week, Cole Freo will be the host, so make sure to call in, listen in, uh, tune in, uh, whatever you feel like uh, you want to do. And we'll talk to you next time.